dust up my feet and keep marching on And trouble weighs me down, brings me to my knees Lord, my needs are many, but that's a pretty, yeah, a pretty good place to be Don't blame it on the preacher, cause the preacher done told The devil's got a target on my heart and my soul But let me tell you, brother, what the devil don't know The lower I go, the more I'm gonna lift you higher I may never get money, I may never have faith, but if I'm ever in the spotlight, I point it back your way. Cause standing at the top was never ever my goal, but if you put me on a mountain, then I tell the whole world, singing hallelujah till I hit the dirt.
virtual church where I, from my new home, get to lead us into communion. So go grab your bread and a drink. Don't worry, it's just cranberry juice. So we can talk, uh, take communion together in just a little bit. I want to start by talking about two stories in the Bible that uh, have always been very profound to me for multiple reasons. The first story is of Abraham and Isaac. Abraham was told in Genesis by God to go and prepare a sacrifice, and the sacrifice would be his son. Now, this is definitely a highly debated passage of Scripture that has birthed many Christian philosophers and ethic books because, well, God told Abraham to commit a human sacrifice. But uh, I rather want uh, for all of us to think of the pure trust and obedience that Abraham had, uh, and even Isaac for that matter, to practically go through with sacrificing Isaac for, for their God. Now, of course, uh, we are just reading words on a page, and I'm not reading these passages in Hebrew, but when reading this story, you don't see Abraham hesitate in following through with what God has told him to do. Now, if it were me, I'd definitely be asking a few more questions uh, than Abraham did, but this is kind of my point here, to have absolute trust in what God has for you and your loved ones, even if it doesn't quite make sense. Uh, now, pairing this with the, 
with another story, uh, the story of Hosea, in which Hosea was married to a woman who was not particularly faithful to him and had ran off, and instead of doing um, what he had more than likely wanted to do, which was uh, to just let her go, let her live her life and uh, be done with her and really never think of her again. He was told by God to go and find a harlot and to bring her back to his arms. Now, I know this story is mainly used to be a symbol of God's love and persistence to us sinners, but I also see this as Hosea's obedience to God. I know or I don't know how many of you listening have seen this situation play out in real life, but I have. When unfaithfulness happens in a marriage, it rips those two people apart. And to obey God like Hosea did here, uh, it took a huge amount of strength and uh, humility. Now, at some point, I would love to discuss how we as believers now can listen to God so we can obey him like these people did, because it's not quite as easy as it was in the Bible. But for now, I want for us to remember that being obedient is not always easy for us, and sometimes it doesn't seem right, but if we know we are being directed by God, we should obey and trust that we are doing His deeds, and His deeds have a greater purpose. So as we take communion today, remember that this is one small step we take every week in being obedient to God. As we remember the sacrifice he made for us on the cross and continue to uh, obey God tirelessly because his plans for you are always what's best for you and everyone that you love. Luke 24:30 says when he was at the table uh, with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it and began, uh, began to give it to them. So here at real life, we practice open communion. So as we take our communion together with whatever liquid, cranberry juice, water, whatever you have, uh, and food, I've got a chip. If you have bread or maybe some cereal, whatever works. As we take that today, uh, we just ask that you, uh, if you do it with us, that you are a believer in Christ, believe that he died for our sins and your sins particularly. And remember that this, uh, remember uh, the moment that, uh, that Jesus was on the cross uh, and and just remember that as you take your communion. Let's pray. Lord, I want to thank you for your sacrifice. And as we are gathered here today, uh, obeying what you have set for us, uh, that you were pleased uh, with us, that you would help us hear and obey your commands every day of our lives so that we can follow through with your perfect will. And as things are hard right now, I just ask that you would... Um, you would just speak to us and, and give us the hope that we need to get through these hard times, whether that's um, financial troubles or relationship troubles or, uh, you know, maybe just being bored and not knowing what to do. Would you just help us with that uh, as these times are really hard right now? So, um, Lord, we just ask this in your name. And as we take communion and remember what you did for us, uh, just be with us in this moment. Amen. Sing.
I've tasted and seen of the sweetest of loves when my heart becomes free and my shame is undone in your presence Lord Holy Spirit you are welcome here come flood this place and fill the tasted and seen of the sweetest of loves when my heart becomes free and my shame is undone in your presence Lord Holy Spirit you are well
Hey, thanks again for joining us here at Real Life Online. We started our worship this morning by singing songs. We continued by taking communion together. And in a few minutes, we're gonna dig into God's word in the message. But we wanna take a moment and worship in a different way. We wanna worship by giving back to God a portion of what he's given to us. And since we have a lot of new people watching online, both in our live feed and later in the week, I wanna make sure that everybody is up to speed. See, we don't ask you to do something that we're not doing here at Real Life. All of our leaders and staff are committed to giving financially to this church, myself included. We're not asking you to give to us. We're asking you to join us in giving to God. You know, before uh, this pandemic started, church looked really different. And so I wanna show you two images this morning. This is what it looked like um, pre-shutdown, one of the last few weeks that we had in-person worship. And if you remember back then and you were attending in-person worship then, you know that our kids' ministry was busting at the seams. We were growing. We'd had about 18% growth in normal worship service. And we were actually talking about moving to multiple worship services on Sunday morning to make sure that we had enough space for our kids and to increase or uh, continue growing. This is what it looks like now. quite different. The last two months, we've been in here recording and uh, with just a skeleton crew. But because of your generosity and the flexibility of our team, we moved from in-person to online services pretty smoothly. And because you've continued to be generous way beyond our expectations during this time, we've improved not only our online sound, but we've made visual improvements and we've been able to make improvements that will be present when you all finally come back to in-person worship later next month. But I also want you to know that even though we're not meeting physically, there are still people serving. We're still supporting our missionaries, those that you heard from last week. And we've actually increased our giving to them over the last five months, when quite honestly, a lot of the churches that support them have been able or have had to cut their giving or decrease their mission giving. And it's all because you are showing that you trust in God and that that trust hasn't weakened through this difficult season. We're still serving. We're still supporting missions and the ministry that God has given us because you're still giving. Your generosity not only allows us to get the message out to even a broader audience online, but it's helping us to get it out with better clarity, better visual appear, and prep for our in-person gatherings once again. You're making this ministry possible because you're trusting God with your finances and because we believe God must be blessing you. And so we just wanna thank you for giving and ask you to join us in that again this week. So let me pray as you prepare to give as God leads you. Father, thank you for all that you have given and thank you for the generosity of your people. When we can't be here in person, your people are still giving and we're still able to minister to folks to continue the mission that you've called us to because your people are faithful and they're trusting you. And we thank you because that trust and that faith, it all comes from you. And now we want to give back to you some of what you've given to us. And so would you bless us, God, 
as we continue to go through this time where uh, we've had some separation anxiety and we're anxious to get back together. But God, would you help us in this time to dig into our faith personally and thank you, God, for helping us continue to trust you financially. Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, if you're ready to give today, you can do that on your mobile device or your computer. Just go to reallifecc.us. Look for the orange give button down in the bottom right-hand corner of the screen. Click on that and then follow that easy uh, giving flow. It'll lead you step-by-step through the process. If you've given before, make sure you're signed in in the top right-hand corner. All your information will be saved. It's secure up there and uh, you'll be able to give much more easily. If it's your first time, Go through that flow and don't forget to create an account at the end of the process and that way we can keep track of you and the gifts you give to God and this church. Thank you for giving. If you'd like to follow along with today's message and you are at live.reallifecc.us, just click on the notes uh, tab at the top of that chat window and you can see those notes or you can go to reallifecc.us and click on the my message notes link. So let me start off with this question. Did you ever get left with a chore list as a kid? Or maybe, look, it's Memorial Day weekend. Hey, uh, thanks to all those who paid the ultimate sacrifice by giving their lives to serve this country and protect our freedoms. We're grateful for that. But look, it's a long weekend this weekend, right? And and maybe your wife has a memorial honeydew list uh, that you've got to get done this week. Uh, Or maybe you're just a list Person. You know, every night you make that list for the next day. Uh, I don't understand you people, but maybe you're that kind of person. Uh, you know, you've got this list. Take out the trash, walk the dog, change the oil, wash the dishes, uh, change the batteries into smoke alarms. You know, a lot of Christians approach their spiritual growth like a chore list. We see things like church attendance and serving on a team or giving financially, singing, reading our Bible, like a recurring to-do list from God. On Sundays, we go to church, we read a daily Bible verse on the app or maybe in the guidepost. On the 1st and 15th, we give financially through the app or we write a check. On our Sunday, we show up and we work in the nursery for 75 minutes and then we go home. But that's not how you and I were designed to engage with our Heavenly Father. And it certainly isn't the transformational life that we're called to in Jesus. See, Jesus didn't leave us a chore list for entrance into heaven. He gave us a commission for here. We're going to be looking in this brand new series called Unstoppable at the book of Acts. And so we're going to jump in right now, Acts chapter 1, the first three verses, if you want to join me here on screen. Here's what Luke says. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit 
to the apostles he had chosen. Now, after his suffering, he presented himself to them and he gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and he spoke about the kingdom of God. That's Luke's gospel, right? Luke's biography of Jesus that he's referring to. Now, over the last five Sundays, this is what we've been talking about. We've been talking about the 40 days that Jesus appeared to and spoke about the kingdom of God. We covered topics like second chances, faith, our purpose, our role in Jesus' kingdom. And we wrapped up last Sunday listening to Lee as we saw the Great Commission unfold or played out, not only through Lee and Tina and their family and work overseas, but through us as you and I partner with them to make Jesus known both here in El Dorado and around the world through our giving, through this online ministry, and to, through our missionary support. Now, during this whole series that we've been in under quarantine, I've also been hosting a live daily digital Devo every morning at 7 a.m. on the Real Life Facebook page. And during the last 60 plus days that we've been uh, doing that, we've been going through the book of Acts pretty much chapter by chapter. Now, all of, of this, uh, the last series we were in called uh, uh, To Be Continued, where we talked about those 40 days that Jesus was talking to different people uh, after his resurrection and before his ascension, and then going through the daily digital Devo in the book of Acts, I really felt like God was leading us to this series that we're going to begin today called Unstoppable. And so the next six weeks, we'll examine this incredible spread of Jesus' kingdom gospel from Jerusalem to then the ends of the world. And what's so remarkable about Acts is that what we read there, Jesus wants to reproduce here. We, we read about what went on in Acts, but Jesus actually wants that to happen here and now in our context today. So let me give you this definition of the gospel. A kingdom of commissioned witnesses who in the power of Holy Spirit face challenges and make choices to look more like Jesus by daily living out his death and resurrection, all while continuing to advance Jesus' unstoppable kingdom. That is the gospel. It's the foundation of our faith and it's real life in Jesus, the real life that we talk about here um, at Real Life Church. And that's what we're gonna be looking at throughout this series. But let's jump back to Acts 1 and see this instruction that Jesus leaves for the disciples and for you and I. So here's the next few verses. On one occasion... While he was eating with them, that's Jesus eating with the disciples, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And then, he ga then they gathered around him and they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? Now, since it's in the text for today, let me take a moment to address the disciples' final question here. Are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel? Because there's been a lot of talk over the last couple months about the second coming of Jesus. Uh, and we've also been a lot of talk about things like one world government and um, like is all of this pandemic stuff just preparation for martial law and for the government to do some really crazy things? And how does that fit in spiritually? How should we be responding to that? 
Well, let me just um, step outside of our Unstoppable series for a second and just share with you some practical opinions that I have uh, about this very issue. The first thing is, is that the disciples asked Jesus if he was going to restore the kingdom to Israel. Now, I, I want to make sure I, I say this because I think sometimes we, we, we miss this. Jesus did not and has not had an earthly kingdom. This is what he said himself. My kingdom is not of this world. Jesus does have a kingdom, but it's not a flesh and blood kingdom that that you and I might fight for. It's a spiritual kingdom that will be realized upon Jesus' return from heaven uh, when heaven and earth are brought into unity under Jesus' throne. Now, the new heaven and the new earth that Revelation talks about uh, is new in the sense that it's renewed or restored. Remember Jesus' example prayer. He said uh, that God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, that's not the case, is it now? Like in heaven, God's will is done immediately and always it's carried out. But on earth, that's not the case. That's not a reality now, and it won't be until Jesus returns and sets all things right and then turns over the keys to the kingdom to God himself. So the first thing to remember there is that God's kingdom isn't an earthly kingdom. It's a spiritual kingdom. Secondly, the disciples were expecting an earthly kingdom where Israel reigned as a one world power or government. That's what the Israelites wanted. That's what they thought the Messiah was going to bring. Jesus' response to them is about the spiritual kingdom of God that culminates when Israel and every nation, tribe, and tongue bow before Jesus and he reigns supreme for all eternity. In a sense, the disciples and Jesus were talking about apples and oranges. They share some similarities, but they are fundamentally different. The last thing I want to make sure we catch here is this. We live today in the now and the not yet. Jesus' kingdom has come in the sense that it was begun at the birth and, and then the baptism of Jesus. But all things that the Bible talks about have not been brought under Jesus' rule yet. And so we fight for the kingdom of of God, Jesus' kingdom, not with physical swords and shields, but with faith and with the word of God. So the big question, the million-dollar question is, is Jesus coming back soon? And the answer is yes. But the definition of soon uh, for us and for God might be about as different as the disciples' understanding of the kingdom and Jesus' understanding of the kingdom. Let's get back to Jesus' instructions in the book of Acts. So Jesus' command is, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for this gift from the Father. A gift, by the way, that that Jesus has spoken about several times, the gift of a Holy Spirit who would not be with them physically as Jesus had been for the last 33 plus years, but who would be in them spiritually to help them face daily challenges and make daily choices as the disciples and you and I worked to look more like Jesus and advance his spiritual kingdom in the world. And then we get to verse 8. And verse 8 lays out the power, the purpose, and the plan of 
Jesus' kingdom and how Jesus intends it to grow, and that's where we're going to spend the rest of our time. So let's look at verse 8. Jesus said to them, It's not for you to know the times or the dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the very ends of the earth. When Jesus returned to the Father, he didn't leave the disciples with a list of chores to complete before he returned, where like if we get them all done, we won't be punished, but if we don't get them done, they'll be hell to pay. Jesus left us a commission, not a chore list. And so let me give you some really simple definitions. A chore is a one-time or a continuing task or activity that results in like just checking a box, right? It's really about task completion. It's a pass-fail job. You either do it and get rewarded or you fail and get punished. And then the second thing is a commission, and the commission is more of a function. It's given to delegate authority to or authorize an individual to function on behalf of someone else. So a parent might commission a child to be their executor or a power of attorney. A president commissions members of his cabinet to function in his Absence. So Jesus left us a commission to function in his absence, not a chore list of things just to check the box off. The Christian life is not about checking boxes. It's about fulfilling the commission. We call it in church world, the great commission to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing those who believe and then teaching them to obey all that God commands until Jesus returns. That process is not a a one time, but a daily set of, of activities that we engage in. It's a lifestyle that is developed and expanded as we grow in our faith. So our spiritual life and and growth is is not about this list of things that we just check off. It's a daily thing that happens that expands as we grow and doesn't stop until we die. If you find yourself struggling in your faith, you you may find it difficult to read your Bible, to pray, to to serve, or to give. It may be because you're, you're seeing these things simply as tasks to be completed or Jesus will uh, come back when you're not ready for him and you don't have anything done. Like you remember one of the things I was scared to death of as a kid was the chore list that mom and dad would leave me and then I would put it off because I was doing the things I wanted to do and then oh my goodness I don't know when they're going to come home and I was rushing around trying to complete everything. We don't want Jesus to come back in that scenario and find that we still have boxes to check. And what that does is it leads us to to fear the coming of Jesus because we're like, oh no, I don't have everything checked off. But seeing those same disciplines of the faith um, misses as tasks it misses the point entirely. And it turns those spiritual disciplines of serving and giving and loving and attending and praying into pass-fail events that either make God proud or make him disappointed with us. But that is not how God sees you or the commission that he left you. If the spiritual life, your real life, was just about checking a box each day like a Boy Scout checks off his daily good deed, there would be no need for Holy Spirit to be working in you 
to will and to act in order to fulfill God's good purpose. There's got to be more to our real life than checking boxes each day. So we're going to look at the blueprint Jesus gave the disciples because this is the central verse for the whole book of Acts. Everything that comes after this, the next 27 chapters, and all that is accomplished in the growth and the expansion of the kingdom through the disciples and the missionary journeys of of Paul and Barnabas and Silas and, and Peter and James and John, all the things that are accomplished in this brand new church could all hinge on this one verse. The next 27 chapters rest on these 33 words. Let's look at it. Jesus said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the very ends of the earth. The first thing that Jesus says there is that you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. The disciples weren't to run off and and start telling people about Jesus immediately because that would mean that they were doing it in their own power and their own ability to persuade others. Their smooth talking and their ability to to sell Jesus to others would be the, the working factor in that. And those people who came to Christ through that time would probably just have walked away. In effect, they'd be winning people to themselves instead of to Jesus. But once Holy Spirit came upon them, the Holy Spirit then gave them power to do specific things. Um, Let me give you a list. The Holy Spirit gives power to drive out demons, to cure diseases, to heal the sick, to proclaim Jesus' kingdom, to, to understand the Old Testament and then apply it. That's one of the things I really like about uh, what goes on in the book of Acts is, is that you see the disciples sharing passages from the Old Testament that nobody before had thought to tie to Jesus or to modern day life. They gave, were given the ability to speak in other languages, to know what to say when they were challenged or when they were arrested for their faith, and then a whole bunch of other things specific to each of event that they faced as they needed. Now look, every believer in Jesus receives the gift of the Spirit. Peter will say that, in fact, in in chapter 2 of of Acts. He'll talk about the, share the gospel message for the very first time, and he'll tell us that the Holy Spirit will come on us, and it'll be a deposit on our future salvation that enables us to live and to look like Jesus. But aside from the Holy Spirit's presence in the life of the believer, we can also experience times where we're filled with the Spirit. At different times, we might be filled with the Spirit to accomplish God's specific will in a specific situation. So every believer, if you're a follower of Jesus, you have Holy Spirit living inside of you. You have God's power in you. But there may be times when God calls you to a specific task or to function in a specific moment. And in those times, you might be filled with the Spirit to accomplish those tasks. Now, if you're living your life in Jesus' kingdom, the power to live your real life, it comes from the Holy Spirit. Everything you and I do for Jesus is sparked and then supplied and then satisfied through Holy Spirit working inside of us. 
Now, besides giving us the power to live our real life in Jesus through that Holy Spirit, Jesus also, in verse 8, lays out our purpose. And again, let me state, it's not a checklist of to-do items, and if you've checked through enough boxes at the end of your life, you get into heaven. Jesus says your purpose is to be a witness. Look, Holy Spirit helps us live our lives by daily influencing our choices and helping us face the many challenges that we have so that the world around us, not the whole world, okay, but our sphere of influence, um, our world, let let me break that down. Look, if you're a parent, your world or your sphere of influence probably includes your kids and your spouse. If you're a boss, that would include your employees. If you're a teacher, that would include your students. If you're a cashier, that would include um, the people you work with and those people who choose to come through your line as they check out. Whatever your sphere of influence is, whatever your world uh, involves, Holy Spirit works through you and in you to be a witness to those people that you come in contact with each and every day. You become a witness to others about the way Jesus has worked in your own life. That's what he wanted. That's why it's important for you and I to to pay attention to what God is doing in our daily life because um, first we witness his work in us and then we become witnesses of that work to others, to those around you. Look, we're not checking boxes. We're living a real life with the help of Holy Spirit in front of others who then witness Jesus in us as we look more like him every day. This is that purpose that uh, is working out, the process of how God and Jesus is developed in our lives. And as you live your life for Jesus through Holy Spirit, you'll begin to make choices and face challenges, not only in Holy Spirit power, but for Jesus' kingdom. So as you make choices, you'll be making those choices for the kingdom of God or for the, the, the best for the kingdom of God and not just for yourself. So you're serving and giving and living and praying and reading. Those things come naturally because of your growth in Jesus. And, and that's when God, I think, really begins to work and to get involved and to impact not just us, but our world around us and then the world as a whole for his glory. And that's his plan, that the, to impact the world through his witnesses. As you and I look more like Jesus every day and others see Jesus in us, then more people will find Jesus through us. The story of Acts that we'll unpack the next several weeks is how Jesus' kingdom starts in Jerusalem and then spreads to Judea and then Samaria and ultimately turns the whole world upside down. So uh, I have this question for you. Are you following Jesus through a spiritual set of checkboxes, judging your life by how much or how little you accomplished with each day. Did I read my Bible? Did I give? Did I pray? Or are you living your life through Holy Spirit power as Jesus' witness to the world around you? Are you impacting the world for God's glory each day? See, being a disciple isn't a project to just be completed. Like We don't just come to Christ and get baptized and boom, that's it. Everything's good. We don't have to worry about anything for the rest of time. The Christian life, looking like Jesus, it's a process to be engaged daily as we look more 
like him. And so as we grow in him, these other things, these kind of things that we think about as checkboxes, those happen because we want to grow, because we want to impact our world, because we have power, because we understand our purpose, and because we're following God's plan. So each of you, and each of us in, in the church and as followers of Jesus, we're a vital part of God's plan to establish, get this, don't be freaked out, a one world spiritual government as we each live out our purpose as his witness through his power. And so here's the challenge. Let your spiritual disciplines, those things that maybe have just been checkboxes for you each day, let your spiritual disciplines flow through you from God's power in you as you strive to fulfill his purpose for you to accomplish his plan in the world through you. Let me say it this way, and, and we're going to make this our bottom line for today. It's the people of Jesus through the power of Jesus helping every person find real life in Jesus. That's what we're talking about. That's what the first eight verses of, of, of Acts is talking about. The people of Jesus, witnesses of what he's done and how he's worked in our lives through the power of Jesus, that's the Holy Spirit that he's given, um, helping every person, that's the people that we're witnessing to that see Jesus in us, find real life in Jesus. We want more and more and more people to find that real life that we've had. We want Jesus to be reproduced in us, and then we become those who help reproduce Jesus in others. Look, if you're ready to begin your real life in Jesus and, and learn to live a life of power and purpose as you serve Jesus' plan, we want to know about that. So click the blue button in online church that says raise hand and our online host will connect with you there. Or you can click the next step link above the chat window. Now, maybe you've been a follower of Jesus for a while, um, but you've been like just checking boxes instead of living out of purpose and power to fulfill God's plan. Well, you can go to the next steps link also, and we'd love to help you get back on track any way that we can. We'd also love for you to be a part of the Real Life family. So when the service is over, we'd love to have you jump over to reallifecc.us and click on the New Here link. There's a little bit of information and a short form for you to fill out, and we'll send you an email and a gift if you would do that for us. We'd love to have you be a part of our family, and we'd love to see God develop Jesus in you through the working of the Holy Spirit so that you can be a witness to the world, so that we can be the people of Jesus through the power of Jesus, helping every person find real life in Jesus. That's what we want for you. Let's pray. God, thank you for loving us and uh, for taking care of us and for giving us your Holy Spirit that helps us live out of our lives, um, the life of Jesus, and, and allows us to face the challenges and the choices of every day with an eye on what Jesus would do, and, and thinking and working through those things with the Holy Spirit. 
and the Holy Spirit's power in our lives. And, and God, as we make those choices and, and face those challenges through Holy Spirit power, others will see Jesus in us as we work through those situations. Not because we always do it perfectly, but because you're always present in all of those things. And so God, would you help us Help every person possible find real life in Jesus. And then personally, would you help us look more like Jesus every day? We ask that in his name. Amen. Hey, I want to thank you for joining us uh, this morning. The band is going to play again. We'd love to have you jump over to reallifecc.us and click that new here link. And um, hey, look, share this video, uh, post it. We'd love to have you. Make sure you're chatting and uh, being involved. And we'll see you next week for part two in the book of Acts, Unstoppable. The preacher done told The devil's got a target on my heart and my soul But let me tell you, brother, what the devil don't know The lower I go, the more I'm gonna lift you higher Higher, higher, higher Gonna lift you Never give money. I may never have faith, but if I'm ever in the spotlight, I point it back your way. Cause standing at the top was never ever my goal. But if you put me on a mountain, then I tell the whole world, singing hallelujah till I hit the dirt. Oh, you
Trans-Siberian Orchestra songs. That's what I thought. That's the one. Okay. Higher? It may be because you're, you're seeking these simply as a, a, a... I said that wrong. If you find yourself struggling in your faith... Okay, if you find yourself struggling in your faith, it, it may be because you, ah, I don't know what I'm doing. Okay, if you find yourself